This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Coming to you from the SBH Pleasure Dome, this is a game of two halves. I'm Jonathan Robertson. This week I'm joined by SD Sports correspondent Meng Meng. Hello. Good afternoon. We'll kick off with a little bit of EPL action. Uh, all change at the top. Man City thrashed Southampton to take top of the table and Chelsea beat Crystal Palace 3-1. Uh, they're now second, pushing Liverpool into third. But uh, all of those three teams still currently unbeaten, but it's not looking that great for Liverpool at the moment. Yeah, and strange, you know, because uh, Liverpool, you know, they're unbeaten, but yet it's not looking too rosy. And, I mean, it just goes to show how tight this season's title race is. And, uh, I mean, I did some research and I plucked out this amazing stat. You know. This is the first time since 1978 where the top three teams are unbeaten after 11 matches. It goes to show how tight it, it is. But then again, even in such a tight race, um, City have distinguished themselves. When they need to pull away from the crowd, they really do, don't they? Yeah, I mean, okay, let's check out this another amazing stat. Since the last time Manchester United have scored five goals, City have scored, have done it 28 times. So, um, Jose, over to you, man. (laughs) That's extraordinary. I mean, if Jose wasn't feeling despondent enough already, that's, yeah, send him that one. It it could push him over the edge to leave by Christmas. We shall see, we shall see. Between Man City, between Chelsea and Liverpool, I mean, Man City still favourites to lift the trophy at this point? At the moment, yes. They they seem to be strong in all departments. Whereas Liverpool, they remind me of a blanket which is not too long. If you cover your chest, you leave your toes exposed. And if you cover your toes, you leave your chest exposed. You can never cover every part of your body and you can never be entirely comfortable. Last season, it was the goalkeeping department and maybe the defence department, which was a bit dodgy. So they have Van Dijk, you know, which is basically Sergio Ramos without 28 trophies. <laughs> and okay, so I mean, they're doing well with uh, their defence now and uh, Alisson has been doing great. And But now, uh, very, three, very strangely, it's the front three, yeah. which is a bit disconnected at the which moment. Which, if anything, last season, it was the front three that was carrying everything. Yes, that's And now, right. yeah. what's happened? Uh... I think probably defences have figured out how to deal with them. They've been watching lots of videos of how Salah turns so, and the kind of runs that Mane likes to make. And maybe they're closing down more on Firmino. Actually, Firmino is the one that who, mm. who makes them tick. So you, um, I've been watching the games and you know, Firmino has been getting a lot of attention. He's been the one pressing people, but now people are pressing him back. Right. Yeah. So a change of tactics up front or... Do we have to go more drastic? I think probably Klopp has to rotate, you know, because he needs to. I mean, maybe he has to introduce someone unpredictable. Shakiri is a very good example, mm. and there's this guy called Daniel Sturridge who like who scored, who only needs like a couple of seconds to score. Really? Yeah. yeah. The fairy tale comeback. Yeah, like. yeah. So they have the players. It's just that Klopp you know, believes in keeping faith with the front three, and he's letting them you know play on until they end the drought. One of the three will have to uh, lose at some point, I guess. Yes, um, but I think overall it's really great for the fans. So, I mean, usually by this time of the year, you know, somebody's running away and you can't even see them on the telescope. So, uh, yeah, I think all of us will be you know, uh, watching intensely, you know, week by week. So it's really like a boxing game. Uh, mm. From now on, one week somebody lands a blow, the next week somebody lands a blow. We just see who's the one who slip. Well, coming closer to home, it's Suzuki Cup time. Uh, the first match is when? Singapore's in Group B, uh, together with Thailand, Timor-Leste, the Philippines and Indonesia. And our first game is on Friday, 
uh, we are playing Indonesia at the National Stadium. The big difference to Fandi's Suzuki Cup squad is that he's brought on seven debutants. Yes, that's them. right. Okay, let me start with some stats. Singapore's last competitive win was uh, three years ago. Wow. Um, and at the last Suzuki Cup in 2016, uh, we went through the whole group campaign without a win. And until early this year, when we finally won a friendly match, uh, we have gone more than over a calendar year without a win in friendlies and competitive games. And I mean, Fundy has... He has evolved as a coach. Oh. When, I, when I first knew him 20 years ago, he's very gung-ho because I am Fandi Yama, you know. Mm. I represent atta- attacking football, you know. Yeah. He's practically, I mean, the Kevin Keegan of Singapore. But, you know, um, I think he has evolved and he, 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 he recognises that you know, um, he took over in May and there's only so much time he has. And so while he can't improve our skills overnight, what he can do is to rally the team together, you know, and we fight as a team. And I think the performances have shown that. Mm. And he has uh, taken charge in four friendly games and very, very encouraging results. One draw and three wins. Okay, granted that you know, we, we didn't exactly beat Brazil or Germany, but you know, um, it's good for our confidence. And at, at least we are not going heading into this, conf- uh, into this tournament with our heads bowed. You know? We are actually going into it feeling quietly confident. Mm. Well, that's good to know because when you're reading those stats earlier, I could almost see a tumbleweed going across. Yes, I mean, imagine but, three years, three yeah. long years. Three but, years is a long time, yeah. Yeah, there seems to be a change. There seems to be a positive change in the style of play. And uh, Yes, um, so previously we were very, very defensive. It's, uh, we will defend at all costs. In fact, I remember the last Suzuki Cup. I, I've never seen a team that plays with six defenders, but we did. Um, it wasn't pretty and it wasn't it didn't bring the d- desired results mm. so I mean Fundy plays with a 4-2-3-1 four, four, uh, I mean which is pretty much standard these days but you know he, he encourage, encourages the boys to go forward but you know he also tells the defence you know, no nonsense just keep it simple you know? so I think one of the aspects that people will get more excited about is that this is is this the first time that all the Fandi boys are together? Yeah, for his first two sons. I mean, Fandi has four boys. Yeah. Uh, the other two are still in school. Um, for the f- eldest and the second son, so it's the first time they are representing Singapore at a major competition. I mean, for football romantics, how more romantic can it get? There's you know? a fairy tale to be had there. Yeah, I mean, f- I mean, we do have royalty in Singapore, but Fandi is pretty much the closest we have to a king <laughs> of football. You know, so. Even today, even though Fandi has retired for almost 20 years, but you know, people still hold him dearly in their hearts. So, uh, everywhere he goes, uh, people ask for pictures Absolutely. and autographs. Yeah. So, yeah, he's still a legend. You know? yeah. and, um, and wouldn't it be nice if you know, his boys uh, carrying his name, you know, carry on that tradition? Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, we, we, I mean, we'd love to see the boys do it. Yeah. We'd love to see it. Yeah. What are the realistic chances, do you think? Okay, um, both the boys have earned places in the starting eleven. Uh, the elder elder boy Irfan, he'll be our first choice centre back, mm. and the younger son Iksan will be our first choice striker. And it's good to see Iksan uh, scoring his first goals for Singapore. He scored against Mongolia, scored against Fiji, and scored against Cambodia. And and I found his latest goal against Cambodia particularly pleasing because it came out of nowhere. Um, you know, Cambodia was just passing the ball backwards, and you know he really, really pressed the defender hard until he dispossessed the defender and he, he finished the move all by himself. Mm. Yeah, And I think it's kind of symbolic of the kind of football that Fundy wants the boys to play. Not pretty, but effective. Right. 
Uh, for Singapore's chances, what okay, do you so think? there was a there's this flip side to the friendlies we've been playing. So we played Mauritius, Fiji, Mongolia, and Cambodia. Not, not exactly the greatest names in football. I mean, we have good results, uh, which is good for our morale and confidence, but not a very accurate gauge of how we'll do. But what I can say is, uh, the boys are going to it, you know, uh, with confidence and uh, team spirit is good. And I, I think it will count for a lot when you know, um, when the chips are down and. Our first game is against Indonesia, who is a which is a very unpredictable team. You know, they can really play very well if they want to, right? But only if they want to, yeah. So at the last Suzuki, I remember you know, they had so much going on behind the scenes, so with their federation getting suspended by FIFA, you know, uh, crowd violence in their domestic game. But um, they were shockingly good <laughs> at the last Suzuki. <laughs> so do you think Singapore can go all the way in this? Um, if you get past Indonesia. In my time as a sports writer, uh, okay, Singapore has won four Suzuki Cups um, in 1998, 2004, 2007, and 2012. So I've, se- I've witnessed the last three. And two out of the last three were won when we were definitely the underdogs. In 2004, nobody gave us a chance because uh, we had a new coach in, in Ruddy. Mm. And I, if I remember correctly, Radi lost 14 of his first 20 matches in charge and people were saying, ah, I know, uh, our hopes are gone, no, we, 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 are, we are horrible. But yet, no, we won that tournament unbeaten. Then uh, in 2012, uh, we were in kind of like a stage of transition with uh, young players coming in and old players getting older. But Radi did what Fundy is doing now. He rallied the boys, you know, uh, told them to fight f- for the flag. You know, and you know, we had a very, very effective campaign. So right now, I could see echoes of 2012 in, in this current Fundy team. Okay. Yeah, this, this team presses opponents higher. I, I, I can't fault them for their work ethic. I think semifinals are definitely a possibility. But beyond that, uh, yeah, let's wait and see. Well, we wish the Lions all the best in the upcoming Suzuki Cup games. Of course, you can read what Meng has to say about it in the paper and on straightstimes.com. And for now, until the next edition of Game of Two House, goodbye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.